Hi, it's the sound of my car door shutting. I am on my way to Cuckoo Farm near Colchester. This is the Beat Motel podcast. I just dropped the sound recorder. Right, I'm heading there and I'm a bit late. I'm playing a Marin Scale set. I'm due on stage in, hey, 40 minutes. There's nothing like cutting it fine, is there? Anyway, it's a noise gig and there'll be loads of really cool, interesting things happening there. So I thought you might like to hear about it. Right, speak to you later. Okay, so before we go any further, let's pause a moment and get some context. The gig that I am going to today is at a location not normally used for gigs, and part of the real joy of the noise scene is that we do things in unusual locations. And that brings in a sort of an element of chaos, which is as much a part of the joy of these events as anything else. I'm just chucking that in for context, because the next clip might not be received the right way otherwise and I'm probably overthinking it but what the hell I just want to know this is uh, all done with love and respect. Right so I arrived at Cuckoo Farm the venue for today's uh, experimental noise all day and I'm sat here with Matt otherwise known as Fantastic Rectangles. Do you want to say hello? Hello. So the most notable thing about arriving at this gig or the, the most notable absence what what isn't here yet that you would expect to see at a gig? Uh PA system. Right. <laughs> the the amplification, the sound. Yeah, that's the, the problem kind of you, you can't really sort of make do without it if it's an electronic thing, can you? I I went to a experimental electronic gig once that was a cappella and it was absolutely awful. Oh, really? do you even do a cappella? Well, you... Just like the sound of buttons clacking. Yeah, and... yeah it was too abstract for me. <laughs> anyway, I think the PA's just arrived, so I'm going to go and take a look. Thanks, Matt. We have a PA. Everyone's bustling around, plugging things in, checking they work, looking surprised, looking pleased, all the usual fun stuff. I'm here with Stuart, my friend Stuart Bowditch, who you're going under the name of, what, what name are you playing under today? Diacritical Mark. Right, and is this gig your thing? Did you decide to put this on? Uh, Sounds like I'm questioning it. It's meant to be like a polite conversation. Oh, you can fire away. Um, ah. I'm a, t- I have a, I'm a tenant at Cuckoo Farm Studios. I have a studio here and so does Tom Armstrong. So we thought there's a nice gallery space. They never do any gigs in it. Why don't we do one? So we've uh, taken a few months to pull it together, but here we all are. Cool. Well, I've just found out I've got to play in a couple of minutes, so I probably ought to go do that. Yeah, you, oh, sorry, I'll put you on first. Oh, that's yeah. all right. That's nice. <laughs> I get to enjoy everything else afterwards. I, uh, I'm performing as Marin Skell today, and obviously I can't interview myself, so instead, Here's just a very short clip of what I sounded like. I'm here with Fraser Merrick. Fraser, you've just you've just done your thing here at Cuckoo Farms. Yeah, I have. 
Now, I'm sure you dread being asked this. Can you describe what you've done? <laughs> um, so that uh, performance uh, was a bunch of field recordings that I'd made recently on holiday in Canada. So I, there was this amazing bridge that we were near that had this like weird metal grid and where the cars were driving over it, it had this like real oh, tone to it. That's something like that. And I was like, oh, it was amazing. So that was like a, a real inspiration um, for a track. Uh, so yeah, but my, my music is, um, this was bit more soundscapey uh, electronica but very drawn out no percussion kind of like big synthesizers with field recordings it's very organic sounding thank you so it sounds very it's always strange to say when you say synth sound organic yeah. but, but <laughs> yeah. they really do there's yeah. a real warmth to it oh, cool. the, the, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed that oh, thank you so you've got some lights on the stage with you yeah now, so not, not, I don't mean like sort of ACDC <laughs> lights, but so I've got these uh, towers where there's a uh, an LED at the bottom uh, and then hidden in the top is a little solar panel and what's happening when I play a note it's basically strobing that light on and off really really fast at, a, at the tone so like A is 440 so 440 times a second so if you ever like sped up a hi-hat pattern in Logic or Ableton and then ended up with a pitch it's basically the same thing but I'm doing it with lights and solar panels so it's a, it's a really inefficient square wave synthesizer, basically. But it means that it's big and visual and you can really clearly see what I'm doing, which is quite nice. I think that, that really helps. I mean, I've played gigs and yeah, a guy called Jason Antigen Records. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he put me on a gig lineup as come and watch Andrew standing behind the desk. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've always been really interested in people can do something that expands out from that. I, yeah. I was trying to figure out, I thought you were... Was you using MIDI in the mix somewhere? Yeah, so the MIDI, uh, basically Ableton is controlling the data that's sent to the lights. Mm -hmm. So I'm using MIDI, so I'm playing, I've got sequences that are trigger and also like bass lines that I can play and that's all then being fed into the sort of brains that's controlling the data sent to the lights.
I've just watched somebody called Kelly play and go, go by the name K-A-B yeah that's yeah. right it, it, it is yeah it's just my initials I didn't think of anything more clever at the time I just <laughs> I went with it and then it just stuck this is something. the problem with kind of like in any band name ever yeah. People go, what does it mean? I thought of something a little bit more interesting, but never mind. I managed to reverse engineer mine so that I've got several kind of clever meanings that I can pull oh. out of a hat, but it's all just lies. Anyway, let's let's, <laughs> let's talk about you just did, did your set. Yes. Now, I very much got the feeling that that was part of a larger piece. Um, it Actually, what it was is I did a, a, some work recently for a dance company called Alexander Whitley Dance Company. Mm-hmm and they work a lot with it's a contemporary dance company and they work a lot with um digital art okay and um part of what they do is kind of like, like a lot of body mapping on dancers to create this amazing digital art kind of bodies of dance that you know they use on stage or whatever but they're actually um, working on this prototype for a studio for students for dance students um kind of gcse level and upwards to adults and they wanted some tracks or some loops to be put into this software so that they oh, could wow. choreograph to it, yeah. And um, so that was what that was. They asked me for three, but I actually, I did eight for them because I just wanted to give them a choice. And then they took them all, which was really nice. And wow. So they're all in this software. So yeah, I just kind of hadn't really done anything else with them. And I thought maybe this was an idea to sort of air them and kind of try and do a bit of a sort of remix slash mashup <laughs> of all of the loops, which is why it sounded a bit, you know, just kind of... Well, it's, it's the joy of gigs like this, is that, yeah. that you, can, you can do something... You know, you don't, it doesn't have to be a perfect performance. No. I'm not sure any performance ever needs to be perfect. Um, but, yeah, I, I just got that sense from it. It's very layered. It's very, very kind of lots of textures. And I, I was... It's a real kind of fault of being in an audience at something like this if you are also a musician. I was thinking, how is she doing that? And you don't have to tell me, but... Yeah, I don't mind telling you. Well, I, I usually I take a lot more gear with me when I usually perform. I've usually got tons, but because I was coming up um, from South End, I wanted to strip it back because I've, I've, I've got a lift with Al, but I thought just in case I need to get the train. So that's another reason why I decided to do that because I just thought it would be just kind of a little bit easier. So I was just using... A launch key and a launch pad mini even though my lead kept going dodgy but anyway whatever um and yeah so i was just i just you know took everything apart so that it was all the individual loops so just launching them and then just kind of adding to that just effects and you know just playing the notes with the keys and um yeah it's really effective it, it really it kept it kept it moving forward the whole time Thank you. and evolving and that, that makes something really fascinating to listen to it was all um 120 bpm like that in the for the dance for the purpose of what it was made for so that kind of made it a little bit easier um so yeah cool well thank you very much kelly oh, thank enjoyed you. that i'm gonna go and watch Thank you.
here with Robin now. So Robin Alderton. Hello. Hello. What do you think of it so far? Uh, yeah, it's been really interesting. Get to hear people that I've heard their names but not their music. So it's nice to see what people are doing. So I've not seen you perform before, and it was it was something that I. It's really interesting. It's sort of unfortunate, but I think sometimes necessary to ask people kind of what they were doing when they were performing. And you had a couple of record players, yeah. but not like Technics DJing type record players. You had what? What are they? So they're uh, slightly nerdy geeky, but they're Caliphone record players. So they're US. Weirdly, I managed to track down in the UK, um, and they're sort of uh, designed for schools and kind of institutions in in America. Um, so the, the key kind of thing for me is that they've got output, which is really nice, and they've got speed variation, so you can get down to 16. I was wondering if that's what you were doing. There's, I don't know if you noticed, but because you had the light in the projector, it was it was reflecting off your records onto the wall behind you. And it was all in time with what you were doing. When I was first looking at watching you play, I thought you were doing something really clever with lights, like Fraser Merrick was at the beginning. I was like, that's no, so cool. No, I'll leave that to Fraser. Okay, so how often do you play? Because I say I've not, not seen you before. Um, so I've been, well, I've been part of another band for uh, like 20 years uh, and done a lot of stuff with them and a little bit of that kind of electronic stuff kind of bleeds in with that. And then on and off, on and off over that time, I've kind of done my own stuff as well, but you know, not here and there and just in the last year actually I've had a studio somewhere in Colchester and so it's given me a chance for the first Sorry, time. Gonna... Stuart Bowditch walking past. Just <laughs> That's alright. Um, I've had a studio for the last nine months, six, nine months so that's kind of the first chance I've had to have everything electronic plugged in all at once that I can just walk in, turn it on and make music mm. rather than have to clear the dining table negotiate with my family yeah. and then spend an hour winding it all up at the end of the day um, so it's just an opportunity to do that so it, it, I've just kind of moved it along a little bit having a, a bit more time and space to do it I think it's a huge challenge I think people who, who play in, I, I play bass in a, what I call a conventional band you know bass guitars and whatever and because you all come together in a rehearsal studio and have that really defined time it's a lot easier to actually move things forward. When I started doing electronic stuff, I thought it'd be easy because I haven't yeah. got to get the rest of the band. But you're completely right. Actually, getting an opportunity to set everything up is is quite a big deal. Yeah, it, it is as basic as just having a space and an opportunity to do it and be able to just walk in and switch it on and play. My my fam my wife and child were away last weekend, and as they left, my daughter said, "Oh, you can make some of your bad noises because we'll be away for the weekend." Yeah, relate relatable. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for talking to me, Rob. I'm going to go catch the, the next, yeah. next, next. Cool. I never like to say band or act or act. Oh no.
Hey, I'm here with Dan. Dan, what was your name when you just did your performance? Uh, White Noise Winter. White Noise Winter. Now, it's quite like any, unlike anything I've seen before, and it's an impossible question to ask, but hey, what do you do? What do you sound like? Oh, yeah, no, that is, that is difficult. Uh, it's a hard one to answer, because I always start out trying to make something uh, quite ambient, and it, it slowly, whatever happens, some noise creeps in and it becomes a lot more than that. Uh, I generally would consider myself ambient noise. Ambient noise. It's it was it's very thick, is what I'd put it. You kind of you, you're covering all frequencies there. I was trying to figure out how planned it is, or whether you were just kind of nudging something and rolling with it. It's I yeah describe it as semi-improvised. Mm-hmm. I, I like to kind of put together a kind of a palette of sounds and things in advance but then it's very much however it's feeling on the on the day pulling from it um but yeah you can kind of half settle how did it feel today good good yeah it's uh I'd, I'd kind of left a lot of planning until last minute so it was a bit stressed beforehand but as soon <laughs> as i started it was uh, it was all good so yeah, it came out as I'd hoped. Oh, that's cool. It's kind of half the fun of it. I don't, I personally don't like to plan too much. Yeah. If I'm, I'd, you do an Ableton set if I'm going to know what's going to happen. But it's more fun sometimes just to go. Okay, well here we go, and that that's what this Definitely. sort of environment provides. Yeah. No one's going to go. Oh, I don't know what he did there. I think that might be a mistake. Yeah. No. I mean, when I first started doing it, I was always very like highly critical of myself. Uh, if something did go wrong, but yeah, I realised n- nobody knows what it's meant to have happened, and as long as it doesn't, you know, completely cut out, it's it's fine. I think even if it cuts out, just keep nodding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best bit of advice for anyone who's going to get into this sort of music. No matter what happens, just keep nodding. Just, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. The, the things would always go wrong, but uh, yeah, so, yeah, de- definitely went well today, though. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks for talking to me, Dan. Where can Rest- people look up? more information about um, Bandcamp's the best way I do my website whitenoisewinter.com uh, which redirects to Bandcamp but yeah cool so. okay thanks Dan I'm here now with Al, otherwise known as Weaponize. Today I am. Today you are. Now you've done many things over the years, haven't yes, you? Yes, I have. 
I've been going. I think I had my first record out in about '95, so yeah, a long time ago now. So. Have you? Can you? Do you know how many different names you've gone under? How many acts? What released acts? I think it's about four, five, maybe. Oh yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So, so you, you come up here from South End yes. today, and you're part of the. Uh, it's safe to say the South End contingent. Yes. Uh, no, there's a good chunk of us, isn't there, that uh, come and play all these kind of things. So. There is. It's a. It's a real kind of source of. Why do you think that is? It's a big town or city as it is now, isn't it? we're upgraded oh, upgraded yes. yeah well that um, this is nothing to do with anything but the, the David Amos guy who was stabbed the Conservative MP yeah in, in honour of him because that was his big thing oh, to make South End a right. city and they turned it down like 42 times over his uh, you know time in office and then when he died they gave it to him post posthumously so all oh right. So so you do you think it's kind of there's just a, is there lots of opportunities to play? It used to be lots. I mean, you know how these things go. They expand and contract. At the moment, it, it's it's a little bit tight down in Southend. The big music pub, the railway closed, and that was it. That what was good about that? It was a hub. So you know, on a like day like today, you'd have the 30, 40 people that have come, and then you'd have twenty people that would already be there. Oh you, right. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And they would just come in, and so you would just always get that sort of like little extra buzz around it, and all that kind of. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, we used to like that at the Steamboat in yeah, Ipswich yeah. a few years I know ago. That I've played at the Steamboat. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, you you played one of the Ipswich open mic nights. Yes, yeah, no, the, the last one actually. No, but, but I think I played there in the eighties as well with an indie band. So uh, yeah. What's the name of that band? That the band was called Cod. Cod. We, I'm trying to think. I've been trying to. So this is again. Like, there's nothing to do with today's event. But I've been trying to piece together like a lot of the music history around East Anglia of like the last thirty years. And we put out a record with Jay, you know Jason at Anti Gem. Yeah, no, I love we put Jason. out a um, record called or a compilation called The Ugly Truth About Ipswich. Right. And the plan was that we were hoping it would take off and other people would do one. There's yeah. the ugly truth about Blackpool happened as well. Oh, that's cool. But it'd be cool to have like the ugly truth about South End. There's a really great uh, punk compilation of South End bands actually, which is uh, worth checking out that somebody else did. But, so yeah. do, you, do you think there's a lot of people in this noise scene seem to have come from a punk background? I mean, I'm, I'm very yeah. much considering myself part of the sort of the DIY punk scene. Oh, no, I, I, I would say that's exactly what I'm doing. You know, almost no physical talent whatsoever. <laughs> like I can play a bit of guitar and a bit of bass, but I, you know, I'd embarrass myself if I did it in public. But your your sound is completely undefinable, and it, it's <laughs> almost a cliche to say that it sounds undefinable. But even as a musician, I try I try to resist unpicking and figuring mm. out what people are doing. But I do not even know where to start with what you do. Have, you, have you got a description for it? Well, I can tell you how I do it in the broadest <laughs> terms. But I, I think that that can be a real distraction. When I, you know, because I've been doing electronic music for so long, you watch people and you're you're decoding what they're doing exactly rather, what rather I mean, than yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you know, some people are good, some people are bad. You know, some people. But you know, as soon as you start to like intellectualise it, you take yourself out of the moment, don't you? You do. I, I thought one of the things that really interests me about your set is the amount of people nodding. It's supposed to be, a, you know, it's supposed to be something to move your body to. Well, it's got a groove to it, but yeah. it, it just in a completely unconventional way. And it, it, it's like you've got polyrhythms going on or something. There, there's different. There's, there's, there's no. Except maybe for the beginning of each chunk, there's, nothing's quantized. Mm. So there's, you know, there might be the odd one that falls on a four or whatever. But that will be more random than than anything. So but it's a hell of a tapestry. Just yeah. 
I'm not even going to try and describe it. Do you mind if I, I put a bit of? I did a little recording. Do you mind if I put a bit of it on the? Yeah, on? I mean, I've got other recordings. You know, I've, I've recorded it from the desk today as well. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, no, just that sounds alright. Well, I'm, I'll make sure we put links in the yeah. show notes to to your stuff. Yeah. So, do you put on gigs in Southend as well? Well, I run the Control Voltage Night down there, but I've, I've been a friend of mine. We, you know, we started putting on stuff when we were like 16, 17. Down at, we did the Pink Toothbrush and the Esplanade and all those places that uh, no longer really do gigs. But uh, yeah, I, I still run Control Voltage. I only do about five or six a year. I, you know, I've got quite a lot going on. And, uh, that's as many as I can manage. It's quite hard work, isn't it? And we try and sort of curate them so that there's a, you know, an interesting mix of melodic stuff and, you know, throw the odd noise act in there. But, you know, I like, I like a balance between it all because... Uh, you know, I came from like quite sort of melodic. You know, the first synth stuff I liked was like Depeche Mode and Human League and all that when I was like twelve. Mm. You know, so I still enjoy that part of it as well. And uh, yeah, you know, I like a rhythmic. What I like and what I book and what I do. You know, to me, I like rhythmic content. And I like, you know, there's is there any melodies in that weaponized stuff? Barely, but. You know, it's uh, it has a, a sort of churn to it, doesn't it? it? It's got that that sort of texture mm. that you you start to hear melodies in it. Yeah, there's a lot of frequencies in mm. it. Anyway, uh, Stuart's but Bowditch now starting, so yeah, we should go and catch up with him. Yeah, so he, he put the gig on, so we should probably get back to time now. No, this bit everyone's packing up everyone's done I'm here with Stuart again so Stuart you and Tom who I must catch if I can for a quick chat as well so for, first gig in a new venue at, at Cuckoo how, how do you think it went uh, yeah I think it went pretty well considering no one had ever heard of it before we hadn't done any well the, the studios it had attached to had only done sort of art exhibitions and meetings in it there hadn't been any uh, live music so I think that went pretty well um, yeah, good turnout, lovely weather, great music, good punters, all good. That's all we want, really, isn't it? I think people have travelled for this as well. Yeah, some people come from London, someone came from Luton, Hertfordshire, um, and then all around East Anglia, so um, very happy. Yeah. Cool, you do another one? Definitely, yeah, definitely do another one. Um, venues is really hard at the moment, well, you know, you put mm. on gigs, like, there's less and less venues, and there's more and more restrictions, so... Whenever you find a new space that you can use, everyone kind of jumps on it a little bit, and oh, then yeah. suddenly, yeah. And even, you know, this it's not a huge financial, you know, like incentive for people to come and do it, but actually, people just enjoy being in a new space with some like-minded people, you know, and just having an experience and like pull, pull it, pulling everything together. 
um, people really appreciate the art. I was speaking to someone earlier, or just a minute ago, and he said, I have no idea anything like this existed. <laughs> and he's really inspired. He said, I've got gear at home that I haven't touched for years, but sort mm. of seeing this, oh. he's saying, I'm going to get everything back out of the boxes. <laughs> There's two things I really liked about today, and they're two things that I always think are a really good sign for a healthy scene. Mm. There are people here that I don't know, mm. And I mean, it's a bit of a running joke in, in noise circles that we, we tend to know, <laughs> know each other because there's not a lot of us. Yeah. But more importantly, there was quite a lot of young people here. Yeah. I did notice that. And I don't know who knows them or how they found out about it. Or No idea, but that, that gives me a lot of faith. Yeah, definitely. And also to back that up, at the last um, experimental, there was a 14-year-old boy there mm-hmm. who came. And now he's just put his first tune on Bandcamp. Yeah, is and it? he's been inspired. And but I think, you know, I think that's... Uh, testament to the fact that everyone's doing something that's kind of relevant right now yeah. you know, like, and it's accessible it's, it seems like everyone's really fed up with the political and social situations but like and so much division but you know like bringing everyone together for a social occasion um, you know and making some noise just seems very appropriate Absolutely. Like as a response to all that shit. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I should just ex- explain to listeners that exper- Experimental is, is a, a noise night that happens in Barry St Edmunds in Suffolk. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's great to have people come along and think, I want to have a go at that. Exactly, yeah. 14, however old. I, I just heard to a guy, man, I don't know how old he is, but he's probably, you know, well over 60. Mm. And he loved it. You know, <laughs> like, and he comes from my town, I've never met him. And like, he was like, where is this place? And um, yeah, it was great. And um, yeah, like like you say, a lot of new faces. And so, um, if they can just take one small positive away from today, then I think it's job done. You know. Well, that's Stuart. Thank you very much.
Right, so we did record this episode, uh, this uh, conversation a minute ago, and there was a whole great bit about Jay taking a picture of a kettle. I'm with Jay of Italian Books. Yeah, Jay, hello. How did you, how did your set go tonight? Yeah, it went pretty good. Like, like I said, in the first take, there was a few technical hitches to start off with, but it was all, it was all good in in the end. I figured out what I was doing. So yeah, it's good. So you're trying anything new tonight? Yeah, there's a few new bits in there. A new track that's um, going to be on a tape that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, you can find that on trenchartnoise.bandcamp.com in a couple of weeks. Or um, if you want to know anything more about like what I've got going on, go to Trench Art Noise on Facebook. I'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> So, final thing to say, and this is the last recording of, the, of this episode, you and I have the Suffolk Noise Alliance weekender, April 21st and 22nd, 2023. First gig, Ipswich Smokehouse, second gig, Barry St Edmunds Rehearsal Rooms. Yep, so you're down the front. Um, you worked out how much it was per per band, didn't you? It's 72 pence per band, so the whole weekend ticket's only a tenner. Yeah. Who's this? Oh, it's Stuart. You going to say hello, Stuart? No, he's walked off. Matt, you going to say hello? Hello. Yeah, we weren't recording the first time you walked past me or what your comments. Oh, I love Italian books. That's an an in-joke. That's an in-joke. Yeah, tied faces. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. (laughs) See you in the next episode. Cheers, bye.